Welcome to Lunch Breaks by Hintview. Um, I want to just introduce Scott Richardson, who is the Global Head of Marketing at Harrington Star. Um, so like I said, more of an informal chat than anything. Um, we've got a lot of questions about how you guys work and, and find out a little bit more about your business. Um, I know at least in the past year you've won more than four awards, probably best in-house training, best employer brand, candidate attraction through social media, which is, is really powerful, and recruitment industry entrepreneur of the year for Toby, who guess it's like this um, this figure for the business. Yeah, yeah. Well, he seems like a, a figure for the industry at the moment, as much as anything. Yeah. Like, um, whilst we'll always kind of cheer him on as our own, I think you know we're seeing more and more organisations and businesses across recruitment who are coming to us because of Toby and uh, what he's done and, and what we've kind of taken on as a company mantra as much mm. off the back of his sort mm. of uh, taking the industry by storm. So yeah, and and was that. Has that been like a conscious decision to, to kind of not isolate Toby's profile, but to kind of build on that as part of your marketing strategy? <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to say it was like uh, anything to do with me, but <laughs> as, as you can imagine with, with someone like Toby, it's more about what you can sort of, from my perspective, like contain. Mm-hmm. He has always been the kind of the, the face of the, the business. You know, we've had, we've obviously got, uh, three founders of the business still in the company, um, but you know all of they, all of them will accept and, and you know champion Toby mm. as, the, as the face of the, the business. I would suggest. Um, so he is a brand unto himself. Mm. Um, like I say, he's obviously very vocal. He he wants to kind of um, be the face of, of of something that is really exciting. Um, and so from us, it's about kind of accepting that he. You know, is obviously leading the way for us as a business, but he's going to do his like wacky videos. He's going to do some interviews and some PR stuff that you know has me Karen behind the desk. But that is all feeding back to us. And then what we do as a business is you know make sure that we still keep that that kind of mantra that we've always had along sort of professionals with personality, making sure the personality of the business is coming through, but also like the the excellence and. Um, Kind of abilities that we've got as a business to, to solve most problems, I would mm-hmm. say. And and I think something that we've struggled with is the wrong word, but like um, like Andy and Rich are both for us as a business. They're, they're our founders, and they have very different kind of presences on social or or voices. Yeah. And I think sometimes finding the right things that suit them um, is things that we can work with them to to work on, like the teammates with Andy. Yeah. That kind of like. That, that kind of casual style where he can chat to someone who he knows and, yeah. and kind of dig into something that works well for him. Um, and again, you guys have, have three different people in the business. Do you find that a challenge? There's definitely an element where, where yeah, like, like I say, Toby has been there from the beginning. It, it is his, his baby, as it were. And, and you know, we don't want to kind of limit that at all. Um, I think what we've seen with Nadia, for example, Reece more recently is, is she's decided that there is a, a niche that she can go down and, and kind of really carve a really good, uh, not persona, but, but actually like a, a corner of the market for herself, which she's done like better than we could have ever hoped, if it, like really, because she's away tonight, uh, um, a like-minded females talk, you know, talking with and uh, to leaders of businesses about, you know, the difference between hiring for diversity and actually appreciating the diversity and, and whatever you have in your team and building on that foundation. 
which again is not something that we see a lot of other recruitment companies per se doing it um, she's also been recognized as one of the most kind of powerful females in in fintech so when you've got sort of a force like toby it's, it's really easy for people to kind of overlook that but actually what nadia's done is taken that and and built her own personality off the side of that and then obviously you've got james as well who does it as much through reputation as anything else so he is someone who's got his kind of little black book of contact contacts and he can go out to the market and without doubt be one of the most knowledgeable people in that space mm-hmm. now he might not kind of show that off on social media but he's got his network and mm-hmm. his um kind of contacts beyond that that know that he's a go-to person so similar to what you were saying there like there's three different kind of personalities mm-hmm. three different presences but they've all kind of carved out a really good niche uh going going about it their own way mm-hmm. um, and I think our my job as a business is to make sure that we can kind of let them thrive as individuals mm-hmm. make sure the company's benefiting off the back of that kind of exposure but also make sure that the company's its own persona its own mm-hmm. character and it has its own kind of presence that yeah. appeals to everyone when it comes to candidate attraction when it comes to um, you know attracting people to the business as well I think it's really important that you've got those two like multiple fa- faces mm-hmm. to the company so people that have aligned themselves with different aspects yeah and and i think it's about also as you're kind of you're almost using these these profiles and these networks to leverage for their own business as well right sometimes it's hard building a linkedin company page or building in a, a company social media account because it, it's it has a personality but it isn't necessarily one person whereas a, a, a profile of a, of a person can be a lot more relatable for different people of yeah. of different backgrounds. Some people want to see the the holiday pics, the mm. um, you know out and about in town. Other people want to know well, actually, what is this company about? What what mm. am I going to be working with? What are the 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 clients, candidates, or you know what are the the socials like? You know, that's all different kind of personalities mm. that we want to cater to, and mm. and we want those people to understand what we're about is not just a one-dimensional recruitment company there's there's more stuff that we can offer around recruitment as a business there's also different personalities there are the kind of the outgoing real extroverted people there are the more kind of introverted people but both bring their kind of values um, and just letting people see the whole business rather than little snapshots which I think too many companies can find themselves being almost like it's almost subterfuge like mm-hmm. you're allowed to see this bit of the business but we don't want you to see that yeah. whereas we would kind of almost have it as warts and all as possible mm-hmm. yeah and, and I think so I guess going back to like maybe how you got in recruitment yeah. similar for when I got in one of the things that drew me to the, the first company I joined was they give me the warts and all it was like this this isn't going to be that easy yeah. like it's not going to be this incredible kind of like you're making a hundred grand in your first six months kind of yeah thing is actually there's, there's more to it than that um, how, how did you get into recruitment initially so um, long story short I suppose like um, coming out of school it wasn't something that I was like yeah recruitment's the one that's you know where I see my future I, I had kind of dreams and ambitions that for one reason or another maybe didn't pan out the way I thought they would but um, ended up going into hospitality so working in uh, a couple of bars and nightclubs and cocktail lounges and stuff and it was always the the kind of the social aspect of that you know mm-hmm. working with people for people to people mm-hmm. always always something that i kind of really enjoyed as as you know 
uh, hardly like a Monday to Friday, but uh, um, getting to sort of manage teams and, and work with a whole range of people. You know, our youngest bartender could have been 18, fresh out of school, and our oldest could have been, you know, 55, yeah. coming back and looking for a couple of quid on the side. And that kind of aspect of, you know, people working with you, the, the punters, you know, the, the different sort of uh, personalities you come across overnight, you know, once you've sort of managed one bar, I find, or like a couple of bars, you get that glass ceiling where you're effectively just doing the same thing somewhere mm-hmm. else. So I thought it was time to kind of sit down, get a real job. And um, recruitment seemed like a pretty good, easy transition from something like mm-hmm. hospitality and working with people and getting to know people. And, um, you know, the best bartenders for mine are the ones that you feel like you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of kind of transferable skills mm-hmm. there. And Particularly in recruitment, when you, you're talking to candidates, being like able to talk to anyone about anything and, and make them feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you want to know the reason they're there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you know that, you, that's something to build on. And yeah, it was good. Like I did, I think, probably two and a half years of that, I think, um, off the top of my head. And it was okay. I had some pretty pretty good wins, some, some uh, you know, some pretty painful dropouts and things like that along the way and it was kind of that peaks and troughs was a little bit too extreme for for my liking to think that I could be there for 10 years and 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 make a career out of that so I was kind of at that stage where I really needed to look at whether it was something that I wanted to stay in or or move on and even back then so like four and a half almost five years ago content was was already kind of king at Harrington Star so every consultant was tasked with writing an article you know, at least once a month mm-hmm. when we were kind of, I think there were maybe had 20 people in the room. And then, so that would go into one sort of, um, sort of market knowledge piece called mm-hmm. the trading technologist every month. Uh, then we would invite clients to write in their bits of content. And that went into a quarterly magazine mm-hmm. that was, uh, the FinTech capital. And so as the, all of this was starting to mount, it was clear that, you know, Toby alone wouldn't be able to manage that mm. or, or, you know, the senior management wouldn't be able to manage all of that mm. whilst... Still doing everything yeah. else, yeah. But that kind of came up as, you know, would that be something you're interested in? I was always kind of pretty good at writing the content and that was something mm. I really enjoyed doing because that was taking exactly what you were talking to your guys on the phone about, putting it into like a really digestible piece and then sharing it out and attracting more people to the business that way. So that was something I was quite into and, and it sounded like a good challenge and something I could actually see myself doing long term without necessarily all the aches and pains of, of uh, peaks and troughs peaks and troughs <laughs> of, uh, yeah, of, a, of a billion recruiter so that was probably four four and a half years ago now starting from scratch no prior marketing experience it was just like we need this to happen get stuck in yeah get stuck in so since then we've started all our videos and podcasts ourselves mm. and again it's all been learned from scratch but I think that's sometimes the, the best way I, I think that that skill set that you learn in recruitment, everyone comes into recruitment with no experience, right? And, and being able to just kind of, I don't know, pick up the phone to someone to just get on and do things and drive activity. Yeah. I think that is very transferable into whatever you do. I think as well, if you've got something to offer, if you know what you've got to offer, is is worth their time. Mm. It makes that conversation so much easier. It's, mm. it's I think you see it with recruit with, with consultants as well, where the the people who might be struggling with their canvassing and talk like cold calling aspect of it it's just because they're not 
they don't trust enough in what they've got yeah. and once they understand the the service that you know recruitment offers like you know I'd, I'd still do a bit of training and you know I've helped helped out with our kind of uh, training program to try and make it as kind of digestible for mm. all different types of learners yeah. but part of the things I can get really evangelistic about is that in terms of changing someone's life and 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 being a an industry that can completely turn someone's life around mm. recruitment's got to be up there with like doctors you know lawyers whoever it is in in terms of your ability with a little bit of effort a little bit of, of kind of know-how and nows to take someone whose whose life might be completely being torn apart because of some terrible job that they're in mm. and by opening their eyes to another industry another company another opportunity be able to turn them around almost instantaneously with a you know your bog standard pay rise but also kind of training opportunities you know more time at home thanks to a commute you know and that's something that the consultants really need to be able to take pride in yeah. and I think once you get that pride then everything else comes easy you know it's yeah. so much easier to sell your service yeah. so much easier to kind and, of and I think, I think going back to what you said around the, the kind of the initial canvassing piece it's like think like you said the confidence in your service and what you offer yeah. and and I think people see straight through that when you don't have it and the the kind of fake it till you make it, it, it is almost a plaster for just believing in how good you are yeah yeah because if, if, you, if you know how good your company is and your service which when you first start out you don't have a clue right you don't know how good other people are you don't know anything it's, it's but so difficult and especially like you know again Harrington Star well the, the Harrington Star group as a whole so North Star included in that and um, the US operation it's, it's all built on the on the premise that we have every intention of being a top 1% recruitment company in the world you know that and it sounds lofty but then you know there's people in in that business where Harrington Star or North Star will be their first recruitment mm. gig and they don't realize that the activity they're doing the good work that they're putting out the you know the the content they're getting for the magazines the videos we're, we're mm. sharing there's not many other companies already that are, are matching us in that standard so when you take that into account and you see kind of the 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 end goal it might still be a stretch target it might look like it's miles away but compared to where we were a year ago three years ago six years ago how you know nine years ago when we when we first started that journey is something that only a few people in the company can see from that perspective and it's trying to kind of make people realize that you know what is going on there is special it's a, I think it's a special time for the industry when you look at where you know the technology is going and, mm. and you know things like interview as well it's obviously a massive coup when you look at where where the industry was you know if you look at any other industry where they were 20 years ago mm. I don't think you could find one that has gone through as dramatic mm. a, an evolution as, as recruitment mm. And, and even internally, like you said, within a company, it, I think it's good to have people like yourself who've seen it at a much earlier point to where it is and make sure people that come in yeah. today, tomorrow, in a month to join your business know what that journey looked like. For us, Hinterview was the brainchild of a recruitment company and now it, it, it's like where it is now and that, like not everyone's seen that yeah. and, and kind of letting people know that yeah we're aiming up here but we started down there so yeah, exactly that's we're it. actually we're on the right track and you get those kind of cliches and and sort of uh, i know we we had um damien i forget his surname uh 
guy called Damien came in who wrote uh, about the kind of the Sir Alex Ferguson era at Man United, but also uh, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona team mm. and the Barcelona way. And it's all about having these cultural champions in the business. Mm. And you need those people who are going to shout from the rooftops, who are going to see like your most dour, down kind of times mm. and, and see those those kind of repeating actions and be able to kind of call people out on it or just lift the mood a little bit in, in an office. And mm. it's amazing how much, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, tactically positioned people within a mm. business can actually up that output by, you know, however much just yeah. through recognising, all right, we're a bit flat today or, mm. you know, this is something that and, I've seen and before. And particularly in recruitment, you get a lot of those characters, right? So it's like the perfect industry to have a, a very vibrant, buoyant person who, like you said, just yeah. lifts everyone that, that little bit. And, and we're talking a little bit about kind of, I guess, company transitions and, and you touched on like the industry transition. Yeah. What, what changes have you seen in marketing for recruitment? So I guess, I guess maybe initially for like for you guys, when you yeah. first started out, it's like, I think this is what I need to do, but I'm yeah. not that sure. Yeah. To where you are now must be a significant change. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot. And I think the one thing that's kind of, the one consistent thing around that is that whole kind of imposter complex, like, is what we're doing the right way to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, we might take a bit of a risk somewhere and, and you know, invest um, into one aspect and until you kind of, like, you get a chance to ask other people, what mm-hmm. you know, how they found it or, you know, is it, is it something they've thought about? you're always kind of almost towing towing that edge mm. see how far you can go and, and see how much you can change it i think our attitude to to especially the marketing suite is we want to be doing more than anyone before anyone mm. so we always consider ourselves to be like a little bit ahead of the curve um so whether that be you know actually going backwards and, and getting like a hard copy of a magazine de- delivered on a desk like everyone gets digital copies of whatever it is, a pamphlet, a poster, a, mm. a magazine even, that it can just become white noise. So the decision to actually print out those magazines and, and get them on you know, something tangible, something you can hold, um, was something that was there fairly early doors. But then alongside that, we've now kind of brought in the video channels, the podcast. You know, podcasting, again, probably five years ago would have been unheard of really and now it's one of the kind of the, the biggest mediums to mm. to get a message across and, and get those kind of knowledge share mm. opportunities around so that was something that, that we kind of embraced wholeheartedly mm. um, I think we get some really good guests in so mm. the actual people we're talking to is not necessarily just kind of limiting ourselves to mm. uh, the recruitment industry but looking at like I say like authors um, sports sports stars of the, mm. the past and present uh, people from the military people from business and trying to glean everything we can from those people have them present to the business on an internal front but also have Toby talk to them Nadia talk to them you know mm. prominent members of the business talking to them and then just offering that IP out mm. for free is something that I don't think too many other businesses have, have done mm. And again, that, I think that comes down to being confident in, in what we, we know. You know, this is stuff that we've brought these people in because we've read about them, we've heard their message before, and now we want to bring the level of the industry up even further so we don't get those kind of stereotypes, we don't get those 
um, you know, brush off certain networking events of, oh, there's another recruiter. So, so the, the, that kind of like, for you guys, you're taking a piece of valuable content and then just freely yeah. passing that out. And I think, I think probably that's one big transition in, in marketing in general is like, you, you don't hold things in for people that, that are kind of in your network. You're yeah. kind of like, we are an industry expert in X. Yeah. Like, like here's some more information. Here's some value. Like, come to us for value. You don't need to be working yeah, with us. Yeah, 100%. We, like, we haven't charged for anything. Like, we've done um, networking events for, you know, six six years probably now, I think. Uh, or maybe even longer, seven years. We've, and we've done, they've ranged from, like, breakfast events where it's cost us, you know, thousands of pounds to get a venue and a speaker and, mm. and things like that. And we might have... 200, 300 people attend, and none of them have paid for a ticket, none of them are paying for drinks or mm. refreshments or you know the opportunity to hear the speaker, but the value comes further down the line. It's, you, know, you can trust us because look what we've given you, for, yeah. what, look at what we can afford to give you for free. Yeah. You've got to realize that, that the service that we charge for is, is you know, you're getting a lot more than just a mm. new hire, you're getting all of this extra. Mm. Bit as well so that's kind of like a mantra that we've kind of taken out again like we know what we know we're happy for you to know it because hopefully by the time anyone else is kind of catching up with that we're already on our next venture yeah. and, and sort of moving ahead so I think that yeah if anything's evolved it's kind of maybe the speed of evolution as much as anything the speed of trying to get onto what's happening from trends point of view from a technology point of view mm. and make sure that you're, you're kind of initial implementers of it mm. and, and I think the, I think you guys are quite prominent within the kind of marketing within recruitment industry in general and I think sometimes the perception of marketing recruitment can be like like it's it's behind compared to some other things but I think you guys are a real advocate of like you said pushing that boundary and mm. making sure you're you're always doing something new and interesting and I would say as well that actually recruitment and sales as a whole has never been closer to marketing anyway if you're not marketing yourself as an individual now you're going to lose so much in in revenue at the end of it because you know everyone's so savvy now it's so easy to research who's talking to you like having a great pitch or a great um you know even like a linkedin message you could have all the interest in and and you know all those hooks in that opening line but as if someone when they click on your linkedin profile if there's nothing there to show them what you're about and who you're working mm -hmm. with and you know why people should work with you actually it's it's all worth worth not mm -hmm. so i think that's something that for me personally i kind of see my role as as being like a toolkit mm -hmm. and every consultant is a marketer in their own right mm -hmm. Just making sure that what they're putting out is of a high enough quality mm -hmm. and they've got all of the a facilitator for those guys to, to do yeah. their jobs well yeah exactly and and obviously there's there's lots of kind of small agencies maybe agencies who are at that very early stage comparatively where when, when you started doing marketing for the business it was, it was kind of like where do i start nowadays what's the kind of quick wins that companies could be getting around marketing that maybe yeah. they don't have the resource or the kind of the, the teams to pull those kind of things off yeah. what, what are the quick wins or where, where do people start I mean it, it's, it's nuts isn't it when you think about the, the industry it's, it's probably the only industry where you can be going up against a you know, 100,000 person company and a, a person in their bedroom yeah. for the same role or the same placement and the, the trick is and the best ones are when you can't tell who's who mm. so you know 
I think on the larger business scale, like it's, it can get quite obvious when it's been sort of curated and um, sort of hashed together or, or, you know, they've paid someone to kind of talk on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that I'm really keen to make sure that all of our content is, is personable. It's, you can mm-hmm. tell who's written it and it's, yeah. it's whilst it will have, you know, its own sort of tailored to that person it'll also have the right kind of verbiage that we would use as a company and that authentic feeling to it. And I think that is is as valuable as anything, coming across as credible and authentic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you say, yeah, the, 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 the person on their own in the in their bedroom can be putting out two or three articles a week, which will match up to, uh, you know, 50,000 person agency. Mm-hmm. But because it's coming from them and their experience and, and their kind of language, they'll probably get more buy-in because it's not just like some paid-for, rehashed. Yeah, and and I guess a consultant in a in a fifty thousand man company individually could yeah. do something very similar in kind of making their own personal brand. Yeah, for sure. From our perspective, like so, our candidate attraction training, for example, um, I'll tell them that look, you know, from a marketing perspective, like use the company until you become famous enough in your own space that you overtake it. So if I was pitching, or if I was at a, a job briefing, for example, I'd be saying, look, it's, you know, I'm Scott Richardson from Harrington Star. You know, we specialize in this, this, and this, until the point comes where my network knows me, not Harrington Star, and can say, Scott knows everything about this market and this, this industry. And, and I think the hot, one of the hardest things, at least that I found when I first came in is, we touched on it briefly, but the, the not really knowing exactly who you are in, in this yeah. function, in this role, and maybe yeah. not being as confident in selling it because I don't really know it yet. I'm kind yeah. of just going along with it. And it's interesting that you guys kind of prep people to almost like, to kind of like give them a crutch to start with. Like yeah. we are Harrington Star, this is what we do. Well, this is how we yeah. work. So again, you know, any, any recruitment agency you go to, I would imagine it's the same kind of story that, you know, your best source of, knowledge is your your candidates is the people you're working with now if you're asking them about what they want as an individual and you know what their motivator is and what is this if you then take an extra you know two minutes on the call and ask them you know what's what's got you really excited what what's the stuff that's actually keeping you up at night just in your industry you know a week of that you're making what 30 40 50 calls a day you know that's yeah Two, two and a half thousand bits of yeah. of information on your market you know that's a week in <laughs> do you know it's, it's not it's not rocket science and then you can convert that into a uh, an article or you can see an article from like a bbc news piece on exactly one of these issues that someone's mm-hmm. mentioned to you you put your little two piece at the top of it and all of a sudden you're not just talking putting something interesting out you're actually talking to people's like souls and deepest mm-hmm. desires or deepest fears and things like that and that's that personal aspect it's like mm-hmm. this person you know I, i'm sure you've kind of read read like a post or something on instagram and you see it and it's like oh my god it's like that person's talking to me mm-hmm. it's not like we're all individuals but we're all got the same fears and, and motivators mm-hmm. and things that make us tick and an ability to tap into that it's not you don't have to be a psychologist. You don't have to be like a psychiatrist. You don't have to be, you know, sitting on the chaise like uh, <laughs> waiting for people to tell you. Yeah. It's just you know showing a bit of interest, active listening, and if you can turn that into your voice, 
you know, you're going to have people coming far and wide to speak to you because it's, it's, yeah. it's one of the few industries that crosses. Like, so if I'm I'm recruiting in a particular space, each of those individual candidates probably doesn't talk to that many other people in that role. Mm. So by default, by talking to every single one of them and, like you said, gleaning a little bit of information yeah. each time, you might not know how you do the role actually, but you know a lot about the industry, yeah. about w- what moves and what happens in those roles, and, and I, that is valuable. And I think those candidates kind of appreciate now that, you know, as when they use a, a recruitment consultant or a recruitment agency, they aren't they're not a Java developer looking for other Java developers to place them into a Java development role. They're looking for someone who knows the industry and knows the opportunities that are out there and can actually paint the picture that they need to be able to, to, to fit into that, that space wherever it is. You know, you do see people who have come from an industry and think, oh, I know so many people, that must be really easy to become a consultant. And the ones I've seen, like eight or nine out of 10 of those haven't, panned out because there is that kind of ring craft and, and ability to, to build those relationships that you might not get as a, you know, whatever skill set it is you, you, you understand inside out just because you can code and uh, or you can write, you know, a whole page of code doesn't mean that you're going to be able to place other people that can do that. And so I think that's kind of as important as anything as a consultant is to be able to build the relationship that no, I, I don't know C++. I, I wouldn't be able to, you know, arrange a whole kind of networking setup. But what I do know is the companies that need that, and that's where I can be a service. So you'll learn and you'll pick up, and it, you know, I think most of the people that I've worked with who have come into a new market, within two months have known, like, learned more stuff about whatever discipline they're in than they could ever thought they would have ever learned before going into it. But again, if if your network went down and your kind of whole internet stack was was messed up, would you trust them to go and fix it? Of course you wouldn't. So I think that's the thing: is is it's being knowledgeable enough, sort of uh, what is it like a mile wide, an inch deep, mm-hmm. so you can talk to different people, you can understand that what they're looking for out of their role, you can understand the difference between a good role and a mm-hmm. bad bad role, a good candidate and a bad or not yet good candidate um, and I think that's again that authenticity that you can say look you know I'm not a developer I'm not a, a network engineer but what I can do is tell you who's logging what those roles are what fits your current yeah. skill set yeah and, and and I guess to, to shift a tiny bit across to the the employer branding stuff so yeah. you guys won an award for employer branding which um, I think a lot of a lot of companies in in general struggle with not even yeah. just within recruitment. Um, what what's important for you guys within that? How how do you approach that? Um, and I guess how much does social media play a part in in that whole piece for you? Yeah, we went we went great at it the whole time. Um, we've always wanted to go down the kind of making sure we're getting the right people first, and then the skill set afterwards. If you know what I mean, so. Um, we've kind of had our our slips and our times where we've just hired purely on character and personality and they're a good good egg let's get them in and they might not have worked Um, likewise we've gone down the oh well they've got all these great billing figures in their history but maybe they don't have the you know we're taking a bit more of a gamble on on the the character that we might not not think or have a, a weird feeling about um, so we, we kind of sat down and, and completely rehashed our, our hiring 
methods, our approach, what we wanted, what we you know what we needed to look for in in our in our hires. So we knew that we had sort of like a professional aspect. We knew that what had worked for us so far was obviously sort of like a hospitality or a, or a sales mm-hmm. angle before experienced recruiters, and then people who had worked in like software software sales as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's since gone into broking as well. We've had a really good kind of group of ex-brokers who have come in and really done well in the business. Um, so once we kind of understood who we were looking for, we could then tailor a load of content around mm-hmm. attracting those people. Like figuring out for you what works and yeah. then targeting specifically them. Yeah, exactly. So, Categories. Yeah, so we had, um, we had some help from uh, an external kind of marketing company as well in Hoxo Media. I know you guys um, have come across in the past as well, who helped put together some really good kind of video content um, around, you know, literally talking through the different personalities that we thought we had in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did a whole kind of social media campaign around that. And then since then, we've done our first sort of fly on the wall, four part documentary talking to kind of prominent people in the business so people like Toby Nadia James um, the two Harrys and just getting a bit of an idea about what life is like in the business and that that seems to have worked really well in terms of you know I don't think you get so many people coming in now who aren't completely aware of what they're getting themselves into yeah yeah exactly whereas I think before it was again you try and be as authentic and and show them everything but until people start they're not going to they're not going to know as such but I think since then we've we've kind of really pushed it to show you that you know we have our fun you know there's a lot to to get stuck into there's a lot of activities and you know there's a really good social side to it but also there's an expectation when you join that you know you're only going to get out what you put in yeah um and so yeah again it's trying to be as warts and all as possible I think mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, and, it, and it ties into what we've said all along I think that authenticity piece and and being as vocal about it as possible mm. vocally authentic maybe is probably a good way of putting it yeah and and i think people really appreciate that when they're looking at your company as as an option seeing into it and seeing kind of a little bit more than just the kind of brushed yeah like front that people sometimes put up yeah. which isn't isn't authentic right um and then you, you touched on it slightly there you guys do a lot of video as well right you you have the youtube channel you have some some real pillars within that mm-hmm. how much of a, a part of your marketing strategy is is video yeah i think um it's a big part in terms of it really ties in well with our sort of flagship stuff so mm-hmm. we've obviously got our magazine from a harrison star perspective that we put out three times a year and then that ties in with evening events. So when we release the magazine, we'll get it printed out. And mm-hmm. that'll, the first time you'll be able to pick one of those up will be at a FinTech Influence mm-hmm. event. But then off the back of that, people who feature in the magazine can then come in and be interviewed on camera, tell us a bit about their business, tell us a bit about why they were you know, one of the FT Founders 50 or mm-hmm. um, how their company has been recognized as one of the most influential FinTechs or um, the ultimate FinTech Workplace Awards, which are all mm-hmm. lists and awards and concepts that we've come up with and got in some real kind of big hitters from a judging panel point of view the likes of kind of uh, Lloyds Banking Group, EY, uh, Beringa have, have done stuff with mm-hmm. us on the, the workplace awards and once you get that kind of credibility piece from you know fellow big hitters in the industry it makes it a lot easier to kind of get people in but also give them that platform that you know it's not just us saying mm-hmm. you're a great client to work with or you're someone we'd want to work with 
it's these other your peers in the in the industry that are saying hey this this is a company or this is a person you've got to look mm -hmm. out for um, so that from a video perspective is, is again it's another opportunity for people who maybe can't make the event you know here's someone having a conversation here's mm -hmm. you know one of the panelists and then alongside that we use it from a like a consultant attraction piece so I'll mm -hmm. recruit a 360 series is that aspect of talking to elite sports performers elite uh, military backgrounds elite businessmen about what's got them to that stage you know because like you say sales is in everything and you can learn from how people are performing at that top one percent or at the very top of their game and take that into your personal performance so you know as, uh, was it Paul McVeigh who used to play football for Tottenham and Norwich and he and he is now like a pretty seasoned uh, talker and, and motivational speaker and stuff but he's got those real simple um, sort of training points and tips and hints and it all tends to boil down to the same thing of just preparing as well as you can putting in the work and then you know you'll get what comes out the other end but to be able to kind of hear it straight from them is uh, something that you know we espouse those values every day but you can see it on video so you know it's, yeah. don't, don't take it from us take it from these other experts and, and we were talking about it a little bit before we, we started, but that I think people expect more from from kind of communications in general. So not just like a, a, a sound file or something or some like an article. It's like, here's a video of this person talking. Yeah. You can actually get a little bit of a feel for how they are and what they're talking about and, and a real kind of window into it. And oh, 100%. And, it's, it's like, and like we said before, like that whole kind of podcast culture that we're in at the moment is it's so digestible that... Um, that you know again youtube as well is, is you, you can have like a really high quality video and be streaming it pretty much anywhere and it's just so accessible now you don't have to spend 40 minutes downloading a 10 minute video like you used to do mm. i was talking about um sort of napster and limewire earlier and mm. you know just infecting your your laptop with all sorts just so you can listen to a, yeah. to a new album running the dial-up wire through the house <laughs> yeah, exactly. the no, and now you can do it all on your phone you've probably yeah. got a better resolution than yeah. most of our tvs were yeah. back back then so like everything is so accessible now it seems stupid not mm. to access it and to yeah. put stuff on there and, and I guess finally, what's next for you guys? What's the, you're always looking to keep pushing this boundary. What, what are you guys focusing on? Yeah, so um, again, we're always looking to kind of build on, on what we've got. So more kind of shows, more, more um, different kind of video elements. Um, we're looking at kind of utilizing what we've done from our training perspective and building out on that. Um, so, uh, the same people that do our magazine from a design perspective help us with our um, training and kind of internal infographics and posters and things like mm -hmm. that. And now we're looking at kind of taking that onto an MBA level, mm -hmm. um, helping the guys who are already in, or the guys and girls who are already in the business take that next step into management and leadership and and effectively standardizing learning within the industry. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my, my like been one of my big projects over the last eighteen months with Nadia, the, um, one of the founders, and trying to see how we can make what has been you know the most kind of turned over staff industry a bit more kind of um, 
digestible I guess mm. like taking all of this expertise that we've got break it down into bite-sized chunks for people that learn better through visuals who learn better through um, interacting with with things and then we're just mm. applying that to every element so Nadia's talk this evening is the first one we've done where we've got literally a presentation booklet with a uh, presentation slide on one page you turn the page and then there's like a booklet mm. write your workings you know engage with what you're talking about and mm. um, so that that whole kind of digestible piece is is, is a massive part from for me um, we've got our second ultimate fintech workplace awards which will be releasing in no- early november and mm. um, that will go alongside a, an event um, where we'll be presenting uh, the new winner which will be exciting um, and yeah, just just trying to get ahead of the curve again. I think it's, it, we we had a good meeting with Toby a couple of weeks ago, and kind of sitting down and, and taking stock of where we are, where we can improve, and then what's what's next on the horizon. There's a few kind of exciting pieces coming that, that we're just kind of waiting to to work out exactly how we approach them. But yeah, it's definitely exciting times. Expecting big things from the next kind of two three years. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Really for having appreciate me. it. Yeah, I know you agreed when we were we were in the pub, and <laughs> but you actually followed through and did it, so I, I appreciate that. Um, thanks for having you. No worries. Thanks again. I appreciate it.